Today, we're going to be checking up on a church that we did a little expose on here, I don't know, months back, maybe a year ago, I don't know how long ago, that was having revival. How are they doing today? Stay tuned and find out. It is September the 13th, and I want to welcome you to All Things Apostolic on this Wednesday. And I'm glad that you're with us today. We are uh, uh, having, we just have a great time at All Things Apostolic. There's so many things we're going to do that we have not done yet on All Things Apostolic that you never want to quit tagging in because uh, there's, there's things coming which are just going, I'm just super excited about them. But they're not here yet for a number of reasons. We're building new studios. We're putting stuff together that we uh, we can't go any faster. There's permits that had to be received. There's plans that have to be drawn. Then there have to be fixed where they had them wrong. And, and uh, anybody that's built knows what I'm talking about. And then you've got to make adjustments and and uh, somebody gets sick and they can't do it and you got to wait for the... So on and on it goes. But anyway, um, we're getting there. The, there. There's some great things happening and we're getting there. And so it's not going to be long uh, until you see some more radical, wonderful, exciting changes uh, here at All Things Apostolic. In the meantime, we are having a good time just like it is right now. Now... I don't know how long ago it's been, um, maybe less than a year, I would think, but I talked about um, New Life Tabernacle, and uh, this is located in Carmel, Indiana. Now, we have a Carmel here in California, but we call it Carmel. But um, it's spelled the same, but it's not pronounced the same. Carmel, Indiana. One thing the two cities have in common is they're two of the richest cities in their states. So, so uh, anyway, in, in Carmel, Indiana is located the New Life Tabernacle. It is pastored by Pastor Ryan Wardwell. And we talked about this uh, way back, I don't know, maybe six months ago, whatever, uh, we, we talked about what was happening at Pastor Wardwell's church. Well, so we've done a little follow-up here because one of the things that we have noticed is in most cases, the churches that, uh, that are having revival are churches that have kind of, how would you say this, kind of, they've kind of got in a jet stream, like in the ocean there's a jet stream and and it goes, it's water going through water, but uh, but it'll take you somewhere. And so they've kind of got in the jet stream of revival. If you just look down, you can't tell all that we're talking about, but those, those that know, know. And so now sometimes the church will just have a breakout in revival that's totally unexpected and they haven't had one in 10 years and then they may go another 10 years till they have another one. But most of the cases when a church is, is having revival, it is because the leadership has tapped into some apostolic realities, dynamics, and principles. 
and those those uh, dynamics and principles are they they can be replicated over and over and over. It's like they tell the salesman, get a good way to sell it and then just do it over and over and over. Because the Holy Ghost is, um, the, the Holy Ghost has its own way. Once you get in the way of the Holy Ghost, the Bible has a lot to say about what way you walk in. Walk not in this way. Walk in this way. Walk in the old paths. Walk. And so there is a, there is a way of revival and there is a way uh, that you go, and you you get on that path, and you stay on that path. So anyway, we thought because Ryan Wardwell and his wife and the wonderful church in Carmel, Indiana, uh, because they're having a revival, we thought we would just need to check back and see how they're doing. Now, when we checked before, uh, we talked about the fact that uh, it hadn't been too long since, maybe it was a year ago we did this. I don't know. I just don't know. But um, it hadn't been too long since that church had started. This is a home missions church. This is not some old church that's been there forever. This was a home missions church that was started in his living room. What is now eight years ago, which isn't very long in the life of a church. And so some eight years ago, this church started. Uh, and Ryan Wardwell and his wife started it in their living room because they didn't have a building. Now, I'm also happy to say that he's a, a, a student of Wilson University, but that's not the reason we're talking about this today. We're talking about it because we had... We, we talked about what was happening. It was an amazing story of growth. It was, it was just incredible what was happening in that local church. And the church had moved from just uh, a living room little group of people to now at that time it was running 100 and something, 110 or whatever. I don't remember now. But it was, uh, wasn't large. But the growth was impressive. So we took note of that, and we said, that's the kind of church we want to find out what's going on, and we want to talk to them about. So anyway, um, I found out a few weeks ago that uh, Pastor Wardwell, I think he was working down at the church, and he fell off of a ladder. Okay, this is maybe a month ago. And um, uh, when he fell off the ladder, it was a bad, bad deal. So... From now on, Pastor Wardwell, you need to stay off of the ladders, okay? <laughs> so I'm sure that you're already agreeing before I ever said that. But when he fell off, it was pretty serious. He broke his shoulder. He's got pins all in his shoulder under there, and, and he, he can't hardly move with it. And he injured his back. He injured his hip. He broke something in his foot. And... Um, so he's been laid up now for a number of weeks. He, I mean, he gets up and tries to get around, but he, he, can't, he couldn't go to church. Um, he can't hardly sleep because he has to sleep in a chair because of his shoulder and other parts of his body that have got messed up. They're, they're recuperating, but it's, it's still a deal. Uh, uh, he can't hardly get up and down because he, he, he has to figure out how to do it without hurting something that's already hurt. And so uh, he's been sleeping in a lazy chair, lazy boy chair, uh, because he can't sleep in the bed. 
then, on top of all that, his wife got seriously sick. Seriously sick to the point that he had to help take care of her. So now both of them, they're not old, they're not, they're very healthy people, but they weren't healthy during this little period of time. So here I am talking about this church that's growing rapidly and about the pastor, what a great job he and his wife are doing and the church staff and how they are developing these people to be leaders and so forth. And then we get this situation where he's laid up, his wife is laid up. Then uh, still though, his son-in-law and daughter were a great help and they are a great help in the church and in the family and everywhere. They both although they were the primary people, some of them that were holding things together, they both developed serious health problems and, and they couldn't help. This is all at one time. And then this sounds a little bit like Job. And then a storm came while all this is happening and ripped the roof off the church and water's leaking in. And here we go. So, what happens with the church while this hotshot leader that we think everybody ought to be, while he and his wife are incapacitated and part of his help is incapacitated and he can't even go to church and his wife for part of that time could not go to church either. So now what's going to happen to this this church that, that's, that's been moving forward and people receiving the Holy Ghost and, um, and uh, good things happening. Well, what's going to happen to that church while he is laid up is a good test of how good he's been at training leaders in the dynamics and in the practicality of leadership. This is the chance to see if things start plummeting or if things keep ascending. So what happened while he was there? Well, one of the things is the church broke their record attendance while he's in the lazy boy. And they had, now remember, they're only eight years old. And they broke the record with an attendance of a 180 and uh, in, my, in my discussion with him, he said, I think we will break 200 very, very soon. While he's laid up, this is happening, not only that, but while he's laid up, new people have received the Holy Ghost. New people have been baptized while he's not even there because the leadership of his church, they know they're loyal. They know about the vision. They know how the structure, the governmental structure of the church works. And if they get out of their place, it won't work. And if they don't accept the responsibilities, it don't work. They, they get all of that. And so um, these people are now carrying on. And they may, they may, have, uh, they may break the attendance record again uh, and go over 200 before he even gets back. So... I just think that's a tremendously great, great story. And that's not all the story. It's a great and growing work. They're deeply involved in Egypt. So you're, you see you've got local and you've got global. He's working global. He's, uh, he's working local. He's thinking global. Uh, got a, a, a progressive work in Egypt of all places. Uh, meanwhile, 
His wife holds a, a great ladies' conference every year, and she leads this conference. Well, a young lady in Pakistan apparently was watching online, and she made contact with uh, Sister Wardwell. And this young lady's, uh, uh, sh her and her family had received the Holy Ghost, I think, before they contacted him, but they got kicked out of their non-Pentecostal church because they'd received the Holy Ghost and they didn't know what to do and they had no leadership. And so they contacted the ward wells. Well, um, they're getting ready to get baptized now in Jesus' name. But this young lady has three or four children, which she's, she's, she's grown, she's, she's mature, uh, she's responsible. She has three or four children. This is in Pakistan where there's, there's such a need for everything, including parenting. But uh, she has three or four children which she is taking into their home, and she takes care of them. From this already, this is all within the last few weeks, month, from this, New Life Tabernacle is now starting an orphanage in Pakistan working local, having a ladies' conference, helping people in the area and people that come from around America to the ladies' conference. But it's all worked out locally, but thinking globally. So now, here's this girl in Pakistan. They will become the, the people behind the scenes, the supporters, the guides, the, the wisdom for this girl. Uh, I don't even know if they will be able to go over there because uh, it is so dangerous right now. It's so uncertain for Americans and maybe everybody else. I don't know. And so, uh, and so they're starting the orphanage in Pakistan. All of this while they are laid up. Think about that. The church continues to just really charge forward. Now, some people would say, well, I'm afraid that, man, if people are that good to be leaders without me being there, then I don't want anybody to be that good because that's a threat to my leadership. Well, that's only true if you haven't taught them the whole package. If you've taught them the whole package about leadership, then they understand that that leadership they have is a transferred anointing from their pastor, from their primary leader, and that when they get out of that, the transfer chain is broken, and therefore loyalty becomes a priority. They, they get that. He's not the least bit worried about that. Now, meanwhile, there are many other churches who have experienced during this last eight years when they have grown and are growing and people receiving the Holy Ghost regularly and getting baptized regularly, they have continued to grow. But now there are many, many churches, apostolic churches, that have made no growth for years. And and that actually are smaller than this church in Carmel right now. So Ryan Wardwell's now pushing 200. There are churches, meanwhile, scores of churches who are many years old and do not run 200. Now, that's not an indictment necessarily. There can be circumstances where, um, uh, and I could name a half a dozen of them, but there's no need to do that where there's reasons because churches, uh, some of them are in military towns and some of them are on and on. But, but the main thing is, is, 
if there's revival breaking out, then a church should have some growth. So while there may be some who are like in some little bitty small burg and there's not 500 people in town, and I mean, you can always think of these, these kinds of valid exceptions. But that is not true of dozens of churches. So what is the reason? Well, Ryan Wardwell is a pastor to whom other pastors can look and see why and how his church continues to grow rapidly even when faced with serious adversity. And we can give you one of the reasons why the growth and reach is so explosive and continues to expand, and it is. They work local, but they think global. Now, next week is National Challenge Week. There's going to be a good discussion about that subject right there that you don't want to miss. National Challenge Week will be held in Birmingham, Alabama at the uh, uh, New Life Church, pastored by Stephen Collins. And uh, there'll be a lot of discussion about this. So if I was in a place and I wasn't having revival, I wasn't satisfied and I knew things weren't happening when I was honest with myself— then I would just come on down and just just be a part of it. You would be so welcome. You will be there. People will be so glad to see you, and you will receive things that will help you to have revival start rolling in your church. God bless you.